0: One, two, three, four. Just another day at my dead end profession. I've lived day to day. And to some good old country records on the radio. And, yeah, what else can I say? Welcome back to the program. I'm Ryan Shores. With me, as always, is Dave Callens. Woohoo! And on the soundboard, Mr. Robert Timothy. woo
1: That's how it's done, baby. You want to try and counterfeit the fucking, uh, the original here? By the way, Dave, big move coming back into the studio after being gone for a week and trying to jump into my seat. Eh, you know.
0: Thought
2: I'd give this soundboard a try.
0: (laughs) So I had a, uh, kind of
1: a harrowing night last night. I had two shows. Unlike like in opposite uh, mountain towns. It's funny because it was one of these things where Ryan announced, I have a show here in Alpine and then a show here in Ramona, and there's only like 40 minutes separating the end of one to the beginning of the other. 38. 38. <laughs> and, I, and I think most people would look at that and be like, oh, that's kind of a long distance, but like, yeah, you know, the freeways, they're fast and everything. I do all my work out in the East County. I am very familiar with this route Ryan is taking, and I'm going... You're going to try and get there on the 67, which is basically like a two-lane death trap of windiness <laughs> through the mountains, going at what would otherwise be high-level freeway speeds. And by the way, because it's such a like narrow little road, it only takes one or two slow drivers to fuck you over no matter how well you drive. Right. And by
0: the way, this split highway, all it takes is one fucking redneck that's had too many Miller lights yeah. to go greening over and kill me. Yes. So anyways... I like doing stuff like this, man. I've I've done it many, many times, and I've I like to advertise like uh, on my on, on uh, social media. Like uh, when I was on the uh, 2016 Endless Bummer tour, I'm like, hey guys. I got an opportunity to be on SiriusXM radio in Manhattan uh, that doesn't get
1: out till 3 and I have a show in Boston at 7 and I only have a train to get there Yeah, I'm doing it! Sometimes following your social media is like watching The Amazing Race but like (laughs) with a lot more degenerate drunkenness involved There was a time that I
0: headlined that show in South Bay and had to be on stage with the Fiends like an hour later in costume
1: I love that you do this because to me as somebody who kind of like would get way too anxious like the the anxiety of this would over Overwhelm me. Where halfway through the first show, I think I would just break down into nothingness. Watching you do it online is very safe and fun for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, th- that's part of the joy of it. Like the, 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 these things present themselves to me. Most people are like, no nah, I got. I'm double booked." I'm like.
1: Uh-huh. Can I do it? Oh, I shouldn't accept both of these shows. I swear, at one point he's going to be doing a show, then strapping on a paraglider and (laughs) flying down the mountain to avoid traffic to get to the one down the street. He's going
2: to do a show and then a a fight. He's going to (laughs) be Fan Man. Remember
1: Fan Man from the 80s? I have that (laughs) device. That's a powered paraglider. I have one of those in my shed.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed the second show. I, the, the biggest thing that worried me was I got to produce one show, and Dave was on that show. You know, th- that's very involved with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, I was worried that I'd be so, like, worn out from doing that that I would have no enthusiasm for my show where I'm actually headlining, not just hosting. Well, worn out
1: doing that and fast and furious driving to try and get to the right, other place you know, as well. Oh.
2: It's funny because, like, Ryan producing the show, I've been on shows before and shows he's produced, and he's very much like that. He needs needs to be like he's paying attention to what's going on. He's sure. like pacing. He's like running shit. Whereas I'm completely opposite. When I'm doing shit like that, I need all the distractions I can get. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been on the show at Madhouse hosting, running the show. And in between, I'll be in the kitchen expoing, setting plates up, oh, running, because right. I need shit to go Like until it's time for you to be on stage. need yeah, something to do.
1: So, so next time I see you at a show and you are running it and I want to help you out, I should just walk up, pour a bunch of beers on the floor, <laughs> <and> <laughs> slap <laughs> a customer.
0: That's why when Dave is uh, hosting a show I'm on at Madhouse, I like to get off stage five minutes early and he has no fucking <laughs> idea because he's in the kitchen. And the microphone just stands up there
1: on the stand, just sad and alone. Meanwhile, I met them sound pulling out my Hey, Dave, I got stuff for you to do. <laughs>
0: That's beyond my
2: scope, Bobby. Sorry.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I got to this. Uh, I did a show in Ramona at a place called Cheers. It's very mountainy, in the middle of nowhere yeah. town. I even said this on stage. It looks like a, a bar in a horror movie at the beginning that a guy wanders
1: into, and there's a bunch of locals worried about a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Are some of you guys vampires? Because <laughs> I've seen this movie. And the
0: thing is, here is my favorite part of the night, though. Okay? So you know that guy, that audience member that, like, no one has made laugh. It was a good crowd, by the yeah. way. It was, a, it was a hot audience. Uh, I am
2: very familiar with that guy.
0: <laughs> there was a guy standing there in a leather duster with oh. a leather cowboy hat with a, with his hands in his belt buckle, just standing right next to the stage. Stoic. Just, everyone was laughing. Oh, he's the main vampire. Stoic. He's... Wow.
1: He, he Did like, you think like maybe they used to have one of those like Indian school- store cowboys out front, <laughs> but somebody had stolen it, and this guy's job, he's like the sign spinner, his job is to sit there and pretend to be that statue. <laughs>
0: I want you to imagine David Carradine from uh, from Kung Fu if he was dressed like a guy who hunts vampires for wait, did he a living. Wait, did
1: he have like a cowboy hat or anything? Leather cowboy. So hat. wait, so Is we're imagining a guy? white guy pretending he's Asian to start
2: off with. Wasn't this in one of the shittier Halloween movies where at the end this character showed up to let.
0: That was the that was Friday the thirteenth. Yes, Duke. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it was. in Jason Goes to Hell. They're like <laughs> they, they just introduced this character. That they, they expected us to like pretend was there the whole time. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Anyway, this guy was <laughs> stoic and like uh, the the comedians who were doing well before me. The, the guys before me all had good sets. They were pointing it out. Like the the one guy before me, Mike uh, Bentley. He was doing well with his one liners, and he kept looking at this guy who was very clearly just not impressed. Going. I just want you to laugh, man. At this point, I just want you to laugh, and the guy would be like, "Don't take it personally." He should have started telling leather jokes, right? You go for what you know the guy likes. So I went up and uh, fucking immediately broke this guy, and that's the best oh, feeling ever. <laughs> I just went up with—it's one of those things where, like, in a town like this, you gotta—you gotta go up with like just fucking no fear. I'm like, "What the fuck kind of the place is this? This town sucks."
1: And so, like, uh, I like how breaking the guy who is unlaughable—that's the equivalent of going into prison for the first day stabbing the biggest guy <laughs> in the yard. <laughs> exactly. like, you like, every one yeah. of you audience members, I will shiv you if you don't laugh. <laughs> yeah, Be-
0: being able to break open the fucking, uh, the- that tough nut to crack, that is better than, I would have preferred that over making the whole rest of the audience laugh. Yeah. So you just have that. That's the difference between a good comic and a good seasoned comic mm-hmm. is-, is because of like, oh, I've-, I've known this guy before. I've seen this guy in a million different towns. I know yeah. what to do. Dude, yeah, anyway. funny
2: thing about the the first show, I don't you didn't know this because a friend of mine who works there told me uh, after my set, I went up, I was the third comic up, and I did really well. The crowd was fun, yeah, uh, but they backed off a little on my homeschooling jokes. Okay, and I'm like, okay, mountain town, probably yep. a few homeschooled lot people of in lot here. of yeah, homeschool people up in Alpine, but I got them back at the end, had a great set. After my set, I was talking to a guy I know who worked there, and he was, I was talking about that. I'm like, yeah, was, they kind of backed off. I was like, yeah, it's you know, it's that kind of town. And then he said to me, hey, your buddy, uh, who's the guy who's running the show? I'm like, oh, Ryan. He's like, yeah. When he was doing his bit about people a shared Facebook account because someone cheated, there's a lot of those here.
0: Oh! <laughs> hey, th- they liked it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. you have to
1: na- laugh nervously so nobody around you knows <laughs> what's up.
0: Oh yeah, no, I, I in those little podunk towns that'll happen, baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, anyway, um, so I got uh, that Disney Plus thing that everyone's been talking Apparently
1: about. Apparently you and everyone else.
0: Everyone else, yeah, it's a big thing. Everyone online talking about all the shit they like on Disney Plus. The one thing that I like most about it, uh, and I shared this on Facebook and everyone was kind of floored by it, is it gives me uh, access to all the Simpsons episodes, right. right? Which for everyone else, like, oh, cool, I get to revisit those. I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons growing up. Which
1: is crazy. And
0: people were floored by that. Yeah. People were absolutely like, that's, a, that's a, the American institution. And they're like, didn't you grow up on horror movies? I'm like, I did. My dad was totally okay with me watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So weird. Uh, you know, Cannibal Holocaust. These because were all those in those are cautionary tales. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but when it came to the Simpsons and his reasoning was and I shared this too that it celebrated mediocrity. He said he said, I think that if you watch this show you will think it's cool to be a slacker like Bart Simpson. Like, Couldn't you, know, you
1: have argued I actually identify with Lisa and she is a high achieving person and therefore it's it's motivating me to be like her. How
0: was I supposed to make that argument when I've never watched the exactly. fucking show? I didn't know what Lisa did from what Bart Simpson did. <laughs> okay, all I knew about new, uh, Bart Simpson was he's the guy from the Butterfinger commercial. That's all.
1: New idea. Parent lawyers. All right. So we we market ourselves it's called as CPS. As, <laughs> we market ourselves as people who will argue your parents' stupid points for you. Yeah, so I was not allowed to watch that. I was not allowed to watch Married with Children because uh it disrespected marriage. Well, Married with Children is understandable to ban from your kid. Like there is some stuff in there you might not want a young kid to see. Simpsons doesn't make sense. Also, like,
2: honestly, it was a pretty fucking bad show. <laughs> the Simpsons? I, no, Married uh. with Children.
1: I you know
0: what? Thank you. I I did end up watching some of that like as a kid, like like I would I would sneak a lot of these shows, sure. but I'm like it kind of felt like They're just shitting on poor people the whole time. It was just, here's what I hated about it. I figured out the formula to this show as like an eight-year-old. I'm like, all right, here's a poor family that starts off really poor and something almost good happens to them. That's the that's the inciting incident for the episode. And then they fuck it up and end up worse than where they were before. <laughs> and so when, whenever something would happen at the beginning of the episode, like, oh, we're poor, we're eating one M&M peanut for, for, for dinner. Oh, wait, I won a contest. We're going to get a brand new car. I would just get anxiety like, oh, yeah. how's he going <laughs> to fuck it up? How's he going to fuck it up? Oh, God. And then at the end, but I fucked it up. We're worse than we were before. Now we have no cars. I'm like, it's like it's like poor face. Yeah. It is blackface for poor people. Well, also,
2: the underlying element in the entire show is they all hated each other.
0: Yeah. Which is a little funny, but like
2: not when it's that constant. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. I just feel,
1: I gotta say, I feel sorry for the kid who played Bud Bundy. Because if you think about it, there's four characters, like four main stars on that show. And he's
0: the only one that doesn't have he's a He's the only one that didn't <laughs> get successful fucking
1: Al Bundy becomes the the one of the main stars of the world's most popular sitcom ever in Modern Family. Katie Seagal does a bunch of TV shows, oh, yeah. reoccurring roles on Sons of Anarchy and Shameless yeah. and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Christina Applegate has a movie career and a yeah, TV career fantastic. and the whole nine yards. This guy's doing mall openings. Yeah. <laughs> Cutting the ribbon. Bud Bundy, whose whole point was he was the short loser guy on the show ends up just being that in real life. It just manifested. Yeah.
0: It's a secret. <laughs> going dark. Let me see what else was I? I wasn't allowed to watch Roseanne, and that was never explained to me yeah. at all. Um, and then what? Uh, and then Beavis and Butthead for obvious reasons. That yeah, one I that, that, that one I agree, agree with. So my question is because yeah, The Simpsons. It it, uh, it just seemed like a weird rule then and now. No one could really figure it out. It kind of arbitrary. My yeah. My dad's dead, so he can't defend himself. <laughs> uh, so what? Did you guys have any weird
1: rules growing up where it just it didn't make any sense then or now? Yeah. Well, so mine was. My I had a very interesting childhood to the extent that my parents. That's a nice
0: way of saying abusive. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, it's more laissez-faire. So like my, my parents plan, my dad like had his strict side. He was a naval officer, like academy guy, like very much everything had to be clean and precise and in the so right place. So was he place.
0: super strict? No, not. That's f- very weird to me. You, like the, the,
1: the, the, stereotype is Navy officer fucking uh, great Santini upbringing, yeah, you know? Yeah. No, but the reason was he never had to like get mad. Like it was just known in my house. If my dad was unhappy, you fix whatever's wrong. And there's, so he never got mad really. Cause he was like, why is this out? And you, everybody would scramble to cr- clean it or whatever. And and so there was that. And then my mom, who's literally a refugee who had to flee Eastern Europe because her family got put on a, de- a Soviet death list, and like literally a refugee. And so she has that background. And so it was really funny because in my house growing up, they were super laissez-faire with me. Like the rule was basically, I was the I was the kid that was 10 years after my brother. So I think they were just kind of done yeah, like yeah. raising kids. And their rule was like, all right, well, you do well in school and we don't bother you. And so I did very, very well in school. I never had any rules. Like a good example is at one point when I was like 15, we never went on vacation. So I was like, I'm going to go on vacation with my friend's family. Is that okay, mom? And they're like, yeah, whatever. Don't bother us. Go ahead. (laughs) Go do your thing. And then I go on vacation and I come back. And this is like a, 14-day vacation. And I had told them a month before. I told them the week before I left, but then I left while they were at work. And then uh, I got back, and my mom was like, where have you been? And I was like, I went on that vacation. Remember? And she goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You were missing for 14 days. <laughs> it gets even better. Yes, it gets even better. She goes, yeah, because like that, it's crazy. Your, your dad came to me on Sunday, and he was like, where, where's Bobby? Where is he? I haven't seen him. And I was I realized, like, I haven't seen you in a day or two, too. And I was like, that was 10 days after I left. Oh, my God. So that's they had hilarious. this good
0: thing you were never
1: actually abducted. That yeah. <laughs> wouldn't even need <leave> the papers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, so I had this very, like, laissez-faire, don't worry about it, he's, as long as he does well in school. And again, that's also weird
0: because uh, not only is your dad breaking the stereotype as a naval officer, yeah. but your mom as an immigrant, I would think that's the kind of, like, strict, like, Mom, you got me one shoe for Christmas? When I was little girl. Yes. No shoe. We got the yes. fine leather and cap ourselves. She'd be more strict
2: because, like, she came from a place where she was on a death walk yes. list. Yes. So she's like, "You are not going to fuck up. You yeah. need to be on the straight and narrow. Don't make any mistakes." Well, Come that,
1: for us. no, Dave is right. That's exactly what happened. So this was the alternate side. So half was the laissez faire. Like they didn't know what was going on. They never at any point knew what grade of school I was in. <laughs> Did they, they know your name?
0: <laughs> they barely. Only because uh, the same as my dad's. I, I get it. When you disappeared for fourteen days, your mom was like, "Ah, oh, I guess they got him."
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll happen. (laughs) (laughs) takes the heat off of us (laughs) Uh, yeah and so like they would have they they would be like very laissez faire about that but because of my mom's crazy background of like I was in Eastern Europe if a cop notices you if a Soviet occupier notices you like you're wearing the wrong color shirt they'll just shoot you in the face right so like that is literally the environment she grew up in no exaggeration and so if I would not get in trouble but if I got called into the principal's office you get shot in the face (laughs) by the principal in front of his mom Yeah, so at one point, like... (laughs) There was something happened when I was in like the third or fourth grade, where like I don't know, some kids on the playground got into a fight. I had nothing to do with it. Just happened to be walking by. I wasn't even in the same grade as them. I'm walking by as this happened. Teacher grabs me by the cuff and goes, "Hey, did you see what happened?" I was like, "Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah." And the, she drags me to the office. All right, tell the principal. All right, I was there, and the guy with the red hair hit the guy with the. Oh, brown you a fucking hair. snitch? <laughs> I didn't get. I didn't get an option. Somebody grabbed. I get on third grade. The teacher grabbed me by the neck. The probably, option is not. I didn't see anything. Yeah, right. No, the option is I want a lawyer. Am I being detained? <laughs> Parent lawyers, call us now. <laughs> and so I was like, uh, "Yeah, I think I saw this happen." And They're like, "All right, thank you. Uh, we'll let we'll let your parents know that this is why you were out of uh, class." And I was like, "Trust me, they don't care. They don't. <laughs> they have no idea. Don't call them." He's like, "We have to let them know when we call you out of class." And so they called my mom and told me, hey, "Just so you know, your son witnessed something in case it scares him later. You know, you might want to it know case about it that." It scares him. Later. I got home. I got. Beat and I got in trouble for a long ass time because in her mind, if you get stopped by the authorities, you've done something wrong. It's like this yeah. Soviet mindset <laughs> of like, if somebody's gotten attention to you, you're in fucking trouble. And so this, I had this insanely weird dichotomy growing up where it's as long as you keep good grades and you don't get in trouble, we literally won't even know if you're gone for weeks <laughs> at a time. We are not gonna ask what grade you're in. The last PTA we went to was when you were in kindergarten, we don't care, like just, just don't do that. But, like, if you get stopped by a cop for a tail light that's out... You might take a harsh beating when you come home. Yeah, yeah. and so it was this—it was this weird bipolar manic state of like ultimate freedom mixed with, I hope the principal doesn't look at me funny. Yeah, you know. So my dad had a, a
0: very similar rule. If you were even brought in for anything, it's because he had a—he had a very much uh, if the, where there's smoke, there's fire yes. mentality. So uh, I was automatically guilty in his eyes. So I remember one time I was wearing sunglasses in the library because I was trying to be cool. <laughs> (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, I was walking around and the teacher mentioned to the vice principal, I saw Ryan Shores wearing sunglasses inside. We should check if he's stoned. They brought me in. (laughs) They brought me in. They looked, they looked, they're like, oh, yeah, you're fine. I'm like, great, can I get back to class? They're like, well, no, we got to let your dad know that we questioned you. And, And so, right there on the speaker phone in the vice principal's office, like, Mr. Shores, by law, we have to tell you that we brought him in on suspicion for being stoned. I'm like, there goes my fucking weekend. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, but I assure you, you know, I, I'm a drug counselor. I checked his eyes. No signs of intoxication. My dad says, clip his hair. <laughs> <laughs> and he went, what? He goes, take scissors off your desk and clip his hair and put it in a baggie. I'm testing it. And, and, and so, and by the way,
1: yep, grounded for two weeks for that. But and you weren't. You didn't test positive. I know I didn't. But I, but oh, he I'll, tested positive. Would have been a year, ago. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> was it just because he had to wait for the test results to come back? <laughs> um,
0: well, yeah, but also he's like, well, why were you uh, wearing sunglasses yes. inside? The fact that you did something that someone would make you think that you were stoned means you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, there was that. There was also this. My, since my dad was an attorney, he was very paranoid about people that that say too much to police. Mm. Not not putting two together. My vice principal isn't the police. Yeah. So so um, he would get incensed if I spoke without him present. Uh-huh. So, uh, but he, he was like a nut about it. Like, um, for like, I wasn't allowed to say anything if I was pulled in on suspicion of anything until he arrived, like as an attorney, yeah, kid lawyer. And so, <laughs> like,
1: for, uh, that's actually kind of smart. But yeah,
0: well, yeah. But the thing is, like, even if it was a small thing, like for instance, me and my friend Morty were caught like doing WWF moves at re- yeah. at, at, at recess. You know, like doing Stone Cold Stunners and rock. Bobby bottoms. saw
2: you and they called Bobby a snitch on you.
0: <laughs> so they brought me in. Like, hey, were you guys actually? Fighting we were like, oh no, no, we were doing WWF, you know, like we're, we're friends. I, I like how they didn't stop them. <laughs> they asked them afterwards, Hey, was that
2: a real yeah. fight? No, they did that stop they, they did in.
0: stop us. They did stop us. <laughs> they hauled us in, like, So what's what was this fist fight about? Like, oh no, these are moves. They're like, Oh, you were just doing WWF stuff? We're sorry, go back to class. And then I told my dad, he's like you cooperated with authorities. He's like, he's like, wh- why did, why didn't you call me? I'm like, because there was nothing to say. We were fine. We're good. He's like, no, you grown up for a week. You, you never speak wow. to the
1: to, to your accusing party without an attorney present. Isn't it crazy when you grow up and you realize just how crazy your parents were? Because when you're a kid, you just think, well, they know what they're doing. They're adults, and then you get older, and you're like, you fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with you? Like, I I realized later when I because I remember being a kid and being super pissed about that aspect of my life is like I'm not doing anything wrong but if somebody looks at me like I'm doing something wrong I get in trouble but as I got older I had more sympathy for my mom where I was like all right, I get it, because she was raised that even if you're not doing something wrong and somebody looks at you, you're probably going to die. And so, like, <laughs> it, was, it was the motivating factor in her childhood in, in a place that was occupied first by the Nazis and then by the communists. It was her, like, motivation of, don't get noticed. And so you're doing something wrong if you're getting noticed by the authorities. So it doesn't matter if you didn't do anything wrong in the first place. You fucked up by getting noticed. I know, yeah. but you know what? I think that, that all in all, it was a good rule to learn because I found, as an adult,
0: and this that wasn't my dad's motivation for it. He just thought I was guilty every time I was fucking spoken about. But I found that trouble... Attaches itself to things around it like the blob. All right, yeah. so like, so for that reason, you know, if I'm w- if I'm witnessing a fight, I I don't sit there and go, yeah, fight, fight. I'm right. like, I wasn't here and I run away. Yeah. I'm like, when when people get here, I don't want
1: to. Do- I heard Ryan Shorts was absent today. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: don't want to have to explain to anybody that I wasn't part of this. Yeah, I was just watching. I don't want I don't want them questioning me at all. So all in all, I think it was a good lesson to learn. Yes. albeit that's not that's not what they were going
1: for. Absolutely, and I think there are some valuable lessons that came along with that at least for me like one of them which I'm gonna try and impart on my son despite my wife's best efforts but like I guess this is kind of an old school mentality more than a rule but like the environment never adapts to you. You adapt to the environment. Right. And that's, that's something that is absolutely not taught today. So, like, it was, I didn't know we had a heater in my house until I was eight years old when my parents were gone, and I was sliding on the, the wood floor in my socks, and my and shoulder the bumped bench. the thermostat, and uh. I heard a noise, and I was like, what the fuck is that? So, like, no heat, forget heater. That didn't exist. But, like, if you were cold, you put on a sweater. You didn't, you know, go put a heater on. The AC in our car was never used to the point where one time when we accidentally turned the switch... It, Poofed, like, dirt somehow <laughs> out because the m- mentality was, oh, no, if you're in the car, you can put down the window or you can fucking deal with it, right? And, like, there was yeah. a lot of just deal with that. I think that was incredibly useful for me, though, because – coming out I just remember even being in like high school and people would be complaining like I've got sun in my eyes like teacher can you close this I just remember looking at me like what are you fucking two like <laughs> what's wrong and I'm still doing that to this day I'll be around people and they'll be like uh, yeah he, I, he, Bobby cold. says to his son
0: what are you two and his yeah. wife's like yes that's exactly
1: how old he is <laughs> but I'll be around adults like grown adults now they're like it's kind of cold and I'm like shut the fuck up and deal with it what is wrong with you why are you telling me this
0: yeah yeah it's, and some of, sometimes my my wife's like I'm cold. I'm like I'm not talking to you without a lawyer present.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you got to call my dad. Yeah, yeah like how
2: Bobby's. Like, never mind all these advances we made in society and make ourselves comfortable all times. Fuck all that. Well, no, just deal with but everything. But it's true.
1: Like, think of think of how much energy we spend in heating and cooling just to make sure people don't have to put on a fucking sweatshirt. Like, it, it's just it's a, there's a lot of bullshit that I think that part of that training is really good for. Of like, hey, the world is not here to cater to you. Yeah. You get to adapt to what's going on. So if it's hot, I don't know, put a fucking tank top on or jump in the pool or you know what? I don't care, just stop whining. Like that <laughs> that mentality I would love to impart on my son cuz I think that is that part of all of that is actually quite useful. Dave, did you have any crazy
2: rules? Well, now I was the other end of the spectrum. Like you Bobby, you're in the middle. Yeah. Uh, I was the parents who just didn't have any rules for me at all. Mm-hmm. Like
0: I remember you telling me that. I was like, "I'm surprised you didn't
2: grow up a monster." No, I, <laughs> I should have I should be a fucking monster right yeah. now. With my entitlement like my parents took me to see Animal House when I was six in the wow. theater. Took me to see Alien when I was seven. Let me do whatever I want. I never had a curfew. I could be out till midnight or 1230 on a school night when I was a teenager. First time I good. came home drunk when I was like 19 or 20, uh, the next morning, my parents were just like, so maybe don't drink so much next time. Like, that was it. That was it. <laughs> that was, I had no wow. rules. I had no fucking boundaries. I did good in school. I mean, that was important to them. So, yeah. But even if I wasn't good in school, they still would let me do whatever the fuck I want. I could be like... I should be the biggest asshole right now. It's right. I was like, whatever well, I want you to do. You're just I'm one of do. them.
0: You both should ju- like, have been kidnapped yes. and, oh, yeah. because they would have never known. No, yeah. they
1: absolutely would have never known. What's funny about that is my parents also were somewhat laissez-faire about my drinking. I started drinking when I was like 15 or 16 in school. Again, it was one of those things where, well, he's straight A pluses. Why, why would we fuck with this? Like, just yeah. let it be. Yeah. But... They were so insane about the possibility of drugs. Like they were like Nancy Reagan's fucking personal SS squad. <laughs> I will always remember this. When I was in the sixth grade, I'm in elementary school. My mom comes screaming at me at like five in the morning. And I'm I get I startle out of bed, get up. What is this? What's going on? She's yelling. She's mid-yell. Half of it's English, half of it's <laughs> not. Fucking nonsense, just <laughs> gibberish. And, and just comes in screaming and she's holding a baggie and it's like and I'm like wait what's going on and she's yelling you're on drugs you're on fucking drugs I knew it you're on drugs and I was like like in my mind I just woke it up and I was like holy shit am I on drugs like you're <laughs> she was, she was so convinced yeah like, well, I was like I'm not saying until Ryan's dad gets here <laughs> No, and I still remember being like, what, what are you talking about? And I'm thinking like, wait a second, I'm not on any drugs. I haven't taken any drugs. Again, I'm in sixth grade. I haven't even, I've not drunk. I haven't done anything. <laughs> and I, she comes in and I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I found this in your jacket. You're on fucking drugs. You're going to military school. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, it's just moldy cookies. <laughs> 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 Literally, she has a bag of moldy cookie That's crumbs, great. and she is so paranoid about drugs. Again, you guys have to remember; those of you who haven't lived through it. the The 80s and early 90s was a really weird time for our country's <laughs> relationship with oh, drugs yeah, in general. Yeah. And so, she had been on the lookout and found this bag of what was very clearly moldy cookie crumbs. And they're, to this, they're the M M&M and M kinds. They're multicolored. I don't know if she was just up early and wasn't thinking straight, or like if this was a weird ploy. Like, I like maybe if I was doing drugs, I would have admitted it or something but eventually but i like point out i'm like maybe that was the thing like you
2: know kids are like huffing glue yeah, yeah. Like,
1: oh they're doing moldy cookies <laughs> yeah and this was another one of those the spores get them yeah. all fucked up this is one of the another one of those like i'm pissed that the, i had to get punished for this thing but like as i calmed down and realize i was like mom that's like that's those those are cookie crumbs that's a bag from this house you packed me those cookies like that's that is the cookie bag you packed me last week i'm sorry i left it in my jacket pocket apparently the crumbs got moldy but like that's my thing, and she looked at it, and she realized that that's right. And she looks at the cookies. Then she, she goes, freezes, like caught in a logic loop. No, 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 no. Logic loops didn't work on <laughs> someone who's illogical. So, like, she would, and then she looked at it, and then she went. Okay. Well, then eat some. And I was like, "But they're moldy." It's moldy. They're moldy cookie crumbs. I knew that's okay, where it was okay. going. Okay. First of all, by the way, if they were drugs, that'd be like, okay, then do yes, some drugs. Yes, I like, know. What the fuck? Sweet. I know. All <laughs> <I know. laughs> <And then, laughs> right. And I pointed out, and See she you the day <laughs> very clearly recognizes now that she's wrong, but she's in that mode where I'm pissed, and the thing that made me pissed is now didn't actually exist, but the emotions don't go away. Right, right. And so she looked at me sternly and went, "Fine." I want you home right after school for the rest of the week. And I was like, why? Why? I literally
0: didn't do anything. There's nothing wrong here. I won't be able to do moldy cookies with my friends.
2: <laughs> Dude, I think the reason that I didn't become an entitled asshole is the the counterbalance for having no rules was uh, crippling low self-esteem, which I okay. think I got. Because ah. my dad was the kind of dad that, like, you know, as a child, seven years old, they go to turn on the TV and it doesn't work. So I go, hey, dad, the TV doesn't work. And he's like, well, what did you do to it? Uh. So I grew up with, like, anything that's gone wrong is my fault somehow. That is a good way to counterbalance it.
0: <laughs> and you've, ta- you've taken that in your relationships as an adult. That's very good. Absolutely. Changing gears, uh, having a uh, party at my place tonight. You guys Woo-hoo!
1: are both going to be there, right? Yeah. I'm going right. to be at the after party. All right, yeah, right, right,
0: So I initially posted this as a joke on Facebook, but I really hope that it's heated by the, 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 the a- attendees is I'm kind of over friends showing up to parties blackout drunk.
1: They've already I, been drinking all day?
0: Yeah. I, I put up a thing like, hey, if you've been day drinking, because it's happening on a Saturday, and I, I, I'm friends with some big drinkers, like, you know what? Legitimately, don't come. I, <laughs> I, I, as much as I like you as a person, whoever you are, like that, that like for you is not present when you're a fucking lunatic blacked out, oh, yeah, on, yeah. like after drinking in the sun for six to eight hours. And the thing is, I don't know if some of my friends' alcoholism has just gotten worse into our 30s or if my tolerance for that shit has just gone down. It's both. But both like, for me, it's I, definitely the latter. Like I, in my 20s, when my friends would be blacked out drunk, I didn't care. It was funny. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Ah, look at this guy. He's going. But nowadays, I don't know. I have just zero tolerance for it. When someone's like, ah, ah, woo. I'm like, no,
1: I don't find any of this funny or charming. What's funny. You, no. you, you, you posted this, and I, it made me think about it and then go like, yeah, I haven't really done that since college. But when I look back to college, actually, a lot of times, people would day drink all day, especially game days and stuff. You'd day yeah. drink all day, and then you'd go out at night, and you'd still be fine. And I realized, We're still in the mode that our livers and bodies work like we are 21 years old (laughs) again, right? Because like even then sometimes they're assholes. But it is possible when you're 21 years old to drink all day at a ball game and then, you know, take a 30 minute nap, pop up and be good to go out and party again and be totally cool and everything. And and I could rally. I could rally when I was twenty one. Your liver can process things differently. I never had
2: the ability to rally, even when I was twenty-one, twenty-two. Like if I got if I drank to the point that I threw up. That was it. I was oh, well, done yeah, for that, the night.
1: That's a little
0: different. No, I, I. I'm saying I put on a healthy buzz at the beach. You know, back when you could drink on the beach in San Diego. Uh, yeah. I would. I would split a like 18 pack of Miller High Life with my friends and fucking go home, nap for two hours, yep. get up and feel like it's the next day and I'm ready to go. <laughs> now. I get to, per weekend, I have one going crazy night. It could be yeah. Friday or Saturday, but it's not going to be both.
1: Yeah, the liver just can't process it anymore. And then also, like, we're just old curmudgeons now. and now, oh, yeah. Like, at least back then, people still had hope. So they would get drunk <laughs> and be happy. And now, if you're still getting wasted in the middle of the day, things are probably not going great. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I
0: have, like, like, I have a lot of friends that are all big drinkers. But most of the time, the problem just solves itself. Because if they choose to day drink, they won't make it to my party they'll be passed out at their house problem solved but I've got about like six friends and it's never the same one per party I've got six friends that have a proclivity for drinking all day and then showing up to my house and just getting in people's face all night repeating themselves going on a fucking conversational loop and like everyone comes to me like privately like what the fuck is that guy's problem? We're going to fucking leave soon if he just does not cut the shit. And by the way, those people are so not self-aware. They no. they even when they're sober, they're never like, oh, man, I a little out of control as night. They're like, oh man, people were fucking loving me last <laughs> night. I was on fire. Yeah, cocaine will do that too.
2: <laughs> three of those people are gonna listen to this podcast and be, hey, I wonder who's talking about I
0: know, I know. That's why I have no problem saying that. Cause they're, they're all sitting they're all sitting there going, feel sorry for whoever that that is. I've never seen that before. Oh boy. <laughs> that sounds annoying. So yeah, I think that like I wanna find a non-dickish way to literally enforce the rule. Like, hey, if you've been drinking all day, Don't show up to my house that night. No one has ever been psyched to see someone show up in that condition.
1: The point of a party. Well, 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 date rapists. They're very excited to watch way too drunk girls come up.
0: And, and the, you know, the thing is, is, like, is like uh, the 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 all thing like, oh, uh, I'm going to day drink. He can't tell me what to do. But, like, when I get there, no one will know that I've been drinking yeah. all day. <laughs> no, I will for the same reason I had to make this rule. Yeah. Like, if I didn't know, I wouldn't be saying this rule right now. I'm not, I'm not banning you out of principle. Right. I'm doing it because you're annoying and obnoxious when and you're also, in And also, it's
1: not like you had two mimosas at brunch. Let's be <laughs> honest <laughs> right, about right, right. what happened today. I'm not
0: going to be like, sir, you smell of alcohol. Exit the premise once. You're Dude,
2: che- idea. So, you know, when someone uh, gets a DUI, they install like a breathalyzer on the car so the car won't start. Ryan will put a breathalyzer on his doorknob. Yep. Yeah. So if they don't pass, the door won't open. Yeah,
1: but see, here's the problem. They'll just linger
2: until someone yeah. else comes up and they'll run in.
1: Yeah, That, that the, the problem is that just leaves a drunken person milling about outside Ryan's house <laughs> trying to climb a fence or do something, right? Like, we don't need any drunken raccoon people no, outside. No. Then you put a slip and slide
2: there. Eventually, they'll wander over to it and slide down the lawn and yeah, be in the street. Oh, like, somebody now somebody it's fun. You're,
0: no. getting, you're getting Bobby excited. Like, oh, I get to build booby traps now? Yeah, okay. So I do, I do, I do um, traps.
1: No, my plan is instead you just put a guy in a cop outfit, and by the way I have some, you've got a guy in a cop outfit with a breathalyzer outside Ryan's door acting like he's going to give you a DUI. They're too drunk to realize they're not driving as they walk up turn around and go home.
0: Yeah. And like I said, it's never the same person. It's a rotation of five people (laughs) in my life where I'm like, which one is going to be the fucking asshole that shows up belligerent saying the same three catchphrases over and over and over again, repeating themselves and and, and driving people out. By the way, those are the people that never know it's time to go home at the end of the day. They've driven everyone out and they're still on the couch like, woohoo, I'm not leaving.
2: Now the irony would be that because you posted that, all five of them think they're okay. They all five show up too Ooh. drunk to your
1: party. I think they're. Not That'd getting, be amazing. I'm Wait getting... a second. This is giving me a great idea, <laughs> Ryan. You have now life-sized mousetrap. <laughs> As this goes out on Tuesday, you have officially put the warning out. Don't show up to my house after day drinking. Right. right? No, you did it online. Now you did it on the podcast. Right? It has been noted. Yeah. From now on, if somebody does show up in that condition, prank time. Prank time. Okay. Bob, because you there, are going to be there. Yeah, I right? yes. yeah, All right. Dude. So here's what I'm thinking. From now on, I'm going to go to Ryan's house with a prank ready in the back of my car. If we run okay, into first this. First of all, you don't have to
2: say that. There's always a prank ready in the That's back of your true. car. That's true. We know One that.
1: One specified to Ryan's house. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, one that won't cause property damage. <laughs> well, hang on. Now, <laughs> now, as the prank master, I can't be the arbiter of who does or does not get pranked. So Ryan's job will be to, to tell me this person has crossed the day drinking rule, which we've now clearly articulated to everybody involved. <laughs> they have crossed this rule. Go at it. And then at that point, the pranks can commence.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. All
1: Do you right. have one in mind? I have a few in mind, but I don't want to say them. I, I want to hear one. I just want to see where your head's at. Well, we could. Oh, one of my all-time favorites is always the U-lock around the neck, leading to the scavenger hunt to get the key. Yeah, so but they're not
0: going to pass out. If, do, if someone goes to my house, day drunk and passes out, problem solved. I don't care if there's a guy mm-hmm. asleep on my couch. I leave that guy alone. I don't do the draw on his face. He's got the shoes off. I'm uh, worried about people specifically bothering people. That's where I'm at. Well, with you do that.
1: it. You do it after the bothering guy passes out. Like, right? If the- they. Well, he's not out. Out.
2: And even if you sneak up and put it on him while he's conscious... Yes. He's just going to be so drunk, he'll be getting in people's personal space, poking them in the eye with the U-lock that <laughs> yeah. he put on
1: him. It's still... You've a, exasperated the problem. <laughs> it's still a scavenger hunt he has to go on, no, and he if he really wants no, it out, it he'll, he'll leave at that point.
0: Oh, uh, before we get out of here, I wanted to read this one on the air. There is, uh, as listeners know, our home comedy club uh, at the Degenerate Podcast is the Madhouse Comedy Club. Uh, it's where we used to record this show yeah. when they had the space before they moved. Uh, that, yeah, if Dave works there. Fuck, we've all, we have all you mm-hmm. know kind of have carte blanche to that place. It's awesome. So uh, once in a while, we love to read reviews for comedy clubs because people don't, don't understand, civilians don't understand that comedy clubs aren't a normal business. They're run by the most degenerate losers yeah. that, that, that the place has to offer. They're run by people that work for free for stage time. Yep. People that are unemployable and have no work history. So- also, a uh, little tip, if you're ever reading
2: reviews of any comedy club anywhere and the reviewer says we were kicked out for no reason...
0: Oh
1: shit! There's probably at
0: least three reasons. That I would, would, would like to out. say that's true of any time, uh, any establishment. <laughs> yeah, right?
1: like I don't think a manager is just walking through and being like, "I don't want your money and your money and your <laughs> <laughs> money." Ah, oh, the random culling has commenced. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> name
0: one business where <laughs> where they say I was kicked out of that Bloomingdale's for no reason. Bitch, this ain't the I'm Hunger like... Games. You <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, I want to hear what they would tell me if I asked the manager <laughs> why you were asked to leave. Oh, you were humping a mannequin. There it is. Anyways, uh, so
1: this this review came in a a rare one-star review for mm-hmm. this club. Wait, did it start with, I would give zero stars if I could? <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's in there somewhere. I think somewhere. that was at the end. <laughs> I, 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 I
0: perused it, but I have not... Uh... Very long review, by the way. Yeah, so buckle up. This begins uh, from Arlene B., Gee, where do I begin? So I went to this establishment with some friends. We were originally going to stop and eat somewhere, but a friend said there was food there. Why are you including all these fucking details? Then I, then I realized that I, I didn't have the right shoes on. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we are going to stop there. Uh, they said that they had food there, and we would just eat at the comedy club. Well, I'm allergic to just about everything. Oh,
1: boy. Okay, I there can argue that. that, that I... Just translate that not to not that I actually have anaphylactic allergies. I'm just Really needy. Like, that's what they Not even picking needy. Like, I I need people to. to I need this
0: whole dinner to stop so I can explain to the waiter my list of haves and have nots.
1: You know what you need? You need my parents to tell you that the the department (laughs) does not adapt to you, you adapt to the environment. This is
0: a person that has confused things I don't like with things I'm (laughs) allergic to. Not to be confused about the years I lied about being allergic to (laughs) mushrooms because I (laughs) wouldn't stop putting them in my food. Anyways. I'm allergic to just about everything because I'm a fucking huge pain in the ass and decided to take food with me just in case there wasn't anything there I can eat (laughs) because that's normal. So when we get there, and sure enough, there's nothing, I waited until everyone got their food so we can all eat together. Did you even ask? Did you say, hey, I'm allergic to all this shit. Could you do something? It's a kitchen. There's some shit back there. I waited until everyone got their food so we can all eat together. So after I take about two bites, this guy serving food walks by and tells me no outside food is allowed in the restaurant. Yeah, you know why? It's a fucking restaurant. I told him about all my food allergies. Oh, I bet she listed oh them one God. by one. <laughs> she listed. She put out a big like seventeen by eleven piece of paper, like number one
1: peanuts. And it's number all two. It's, it's signed by the same doctor who gave her her bullshit service dog. <laughs> <laughs> Keep <laughs> in mind.
2: Uh, if Service everyone cat. has their food, this show has probably started.
0: Yes. Oh, it absolutely has begun. Yeah. No outside foods allowed in the restaurant. I told him about all my food allergies and that there is nothing there I can eat. He told me he didn't care and that the law says you cannot take food into a restaurant and eat it. Correct. I explained to him that in my instance, I could because I'm special and my f- parents are rich. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> I could, because uh, I am protected by the ADA because of my allergies. You know she refers to her gluten allergy as a disability. disability. Right? Absolutely. yeah shes She, she, uh, you she know. parks in a handicapped spot, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, he proceeded to tell me that I cannot eat my food in there, and that if I need to eat my food, that I had to go eat it outside. Wow. So basically, while my friends were inside eating, and enjoying the show, I had to go outside to eat like a homeless person. Whoa shit, you actually did it? <laughs> Wait a yeah. minute. He didn't say you have, you must go outside. I'm gonna watch you eat every bite. He says if you're gonna if you need to eat right now, you have to do it outside. You actually went out y- the uh, comedy show's 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's 90. you could to put the Tupperware back on your egg salad sandwich or whatever was stinging up the joint probably and just put it right there and went, oh. well, I'll eat that in 90 minutes from now. Actually, at this point,
1: probably more like
0: 85. Yeah. <laughs>
1: P.S. I've already eaten some of it, so I can't be that starving right Yeah, now.
0: yeah. So anyways, I had to go outside and eat like a homeless person. Actually, I'm kind of loving this now. Yeah. I'm, I'm picturing a rain cloud only <laughs> over just her head.
1: I, I a wanna... dog urinating on her leg. I wish I could have walked by with my son at that point, and as he reached out, be like, no, that's a homeless person, <laughs> pulled him away. I wish I could have walked by so I could slap that stupid Tupperware
0: out of her hand, and be like, yeah, no, that's problem an,
2: solved. That's an entitled person. They're worse than a homeless person. <laughs>
1: Don't catch her shitty made-up allergies.
0: Yeah, yeah, because, you know why? Because homeless people stay outside comic clubs with a Tupperware full of salmon and yeah. fucking Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Anyways... Uh, the, the, the homeless person. And that we would not be able to enjoy our meal together all. What's worse is he was raising his voice at me and making a scene. Yeah, because the During manager... During a show. The,
2: Absolutely. The manager
0: of a fucking comedy club, yeah. the, the the thing that he wants to do is get loud and distract customers from the fucking stage. And so guarantee that didn't happen. Anyways, um... He was raising his voice, making a scene. It was humiliating, so I called the establishment to file a complaint. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs> You're such a
0: dumb bitch. <laughs> like I said, anytime, because I've worked at some comedy clubs, anytime some some, some are like, I want to speak to the manager. I'm like, okay, but this is not going to go the way it does. Yeah. When you do this at like, Bloomingdale's, all right? Uh, all okay, right, listen, I'm, I'll get the manager. He's doing cocaine right yeah. now. But I'll get him when he's done. I mean, you
2: don't want to interrupt that. Or it's like that Chappelle uh, Kenko sketch yeah. from way back where he's like, guess what?
0: I'm the manager, bitch. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, at a comedy club, the title of manager is so floating. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, at, at any given time, I, if I ask the, who the manager is, Dave and three other people will put their no, absolutely.
1: hands up. It's the most supper person around that's
0: the manager. Yeah, yeah. Who right now has not been drinking? None of you? Okay. Who? How about, how about who's not in the bag? Who's not been day drinking. <laughs> so I called the establishment to file a complaint, and a man answered the phone. Oh, typical. Ooh. Yeah. A man answered. It sounded like the same guy. Yeah, because he just called the said He was yeah. the manager. I asked for a manager. I was told no one was available right now because they were closing down the establishment. It was midnight. They don't close the whole venue until 2 a.m.
2: The implication being the manager is always there. Yeah. <laughs> really?
0: It's like the changing of a guard, like Buckingham <laughs> Palace. A manager has to sit there stoically until another one relieves him. In any case, this is a lawsuit waiting to happen. Well, then call a lawyer, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing on Yelp? And I will make sure that everyone knows the embarrassment they put me through. I left there starving. I, I thought you went outside to eat. Yeah. She, I Thought she went outside to eat. Did you? Did you? Did you not bring enough food? That's not <laughs> their problem. <laughs> Yeah, so 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 she's contradicted herself. I left there starving, and I would have left altogether, but didn't want to ruin everyone else's time. My well, guess is you me. probably already yeah. did. Too for that. <laughs> I think you're the friend that everyone cups their hand over their eye, looks to the person they left and goes, Oh God, she's doing it again. Who I think her, her, I
1: actually her. think her friends probably called the manager over and be like this bitch just rags on everything. Can you kick her out for a little <laughs> bit? Give us some goddamn peace so we can oh, enjoy this comedy show.
0: I bet someone at their party ratted her out and took i her out of the restaurant. Like, hey, see that girl with the fucking uh, red hair? She's got fucking salmon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then uh, I would have left all year, but I wouldn't want to ruin anyone else's time more than I already had. I drove all the way out from Irvine to hang out with my friends. Wait a minute. There's an improv in yes. fucking Irvine. Yeah. I've played it! Why'd you get, why'd you
2: drive fucking two like an oh hour? Oh my and god. Half? I just realized this. That's why uh, she was there. The friends invited her because they didn't think she would drive. Yeah, yeah right. Like, ah, eh, just invite her. She's not oh fuck, she god came. Damn it. I can't and she believe brought she... food. God damn it <laughs>
0: <laughs> This again. <laughs> yeah. She had to she had to come all the way to the madhouse because she's already been kicked out of the improv <laughs> for bringing in fucking outside food probably. <laughs> And then causing a scene about it. I drove all the way from Irvine to hang out with my friends only to have this happen. Oh, Bobby, here it is. If I could give this to the zero stars, ah. I would. <laughs> Train your people property about the ADA laws. Here's a link if you need help.
1: Whenever people like this come up, I like immediately think of one, we need vigilante justice for them. Like are...
0: that—that absolutely. Yeah, we should. We should tell her this doesn't have any of those allergies in it. Serve <laughs> it to her. Watch, watch her throat close up. That'll teach you, bitch. Hey, we're doing everyone a favor in that scenario.
1: <laughs> Number two, I want to explain something, which is like some people don't understand that there are different types of businesses, right? So there is. Target, and if you don't like the way a person at Target's treating you, fine, go see the no manager. outside popcorn! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when it comes to things like, I put comedy clubs in the same space that I put illicit drug deals and Craigslist transactions. Like, there's no manager that's going to fix whatever you think is wrong here. Right. You comedy just, clubs are like an adult treehouse. <laughs> yeah, like, the $10 cover you paid, you, you might forfeit that. Uh, you're, you're putting that in, and you have no ability to complain about the staff, or the service, or the food. Like, these nachos are not the gourmet ones I was expecting from Guy Fieri when I came into this comedy club. This is
2: like the person who says, you've lost my business, and we're like, well, we don't want your business. Yeah, yeah your
1: business sucks you balls. You go somewhere else. We'd actually, we're kicking
2: you out tonight. Why would we want you back? Best thing about this Yelp review is the owner of the club wrote a response on Yelp. Oh, really? And this, you could hear, you could tell how long this complaint was. Yeah. His was like pages of response with the detail that you would expect from a cross between Tom Cruise and a few good men and Columbo. <laughs> It was amazing. He debunked everything point by point. I oh. want
0: your list of allergies. You can't handle my list of allergies. He
2: mentioned how the ADA doesn't cover oh her. My he, God. he's like he followed the link. He's like, oh, you went to this link and saw the first thing, which is some bullshit, unrelated topic yeah. that doesn't apply to this. He
1: mentioned because well, he also he also thing. happens to be an attorney, so like yes. he actually yeah. knows what oh, he's talking yeah. it about. It was
2: a beautiful take. And out. any of our listeners go to Yelp and find him, read the response. And, and it's it, amazing.
1: And was that it? Was that the end of the back and forth? As far as I know. Well, it would be great if, instead of going through all that, he had just put, too long, didn't read. <laughs>
0: <laughs> New phone, who dis? The thing is, the trade-off between the fact that you're probably going to be treated poorly by staff is that if you decide to beat some of that staff up, the security's a little weenish that yes. this works for free stage time. <laughs> That's He's true. never been in a fight. No one's there to stop you. You can take over the whole comedy club with a pick lighter. <laughs> you can just make them your slaves if you know how to fight. But uh, don't eat the food at a comic club. We just have food so uh, we can say we have food on Yelp. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, don't eat but that. But this,
2: this is the exact reason why I fucking hate Yelp. Ah, see, It's I'm... all these assholes just like my experience was fucking un-
0: ridiculous and outrageous, and everyone needs to know about it. Well, see, that's how me and Dave are different. I think Yelp is great, as is Twitter and all these things, because I can't tell you how many times like, I've been like, hey... Uh, I paid for your goods and services, and no one ever arrived, and you're not refunding me my money. And they go, too bad, sue us. And then I go on Twitter, like, hey, these guys did, never showed up, and they kept my money. Oh, oh, hey, hey, buddy, I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> that's just got to be a mistake. Hey, everyone, uh, we're going to correct this in private, uh. and that's the only way I've gotten things done. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at you, Alaska Airlines. <laughs> I've not forgotten about your fucking bullshit or that weak attempt at a clapback. Well, I see, mean— See that—
2: that I can appreciate. Twitter, yes, but on it, on Yelp, it's there forever. It's on that business page. In Twitter, it goes. It's but in yeah, the you timeline. Can test it
1: if like if it's like extra bullshit, you, you can actually. People have sued people before. If it's if it's factually untrue, you can actually. Yeah, sue. but it's such
2: an ordeal. Yes, and, totally.
1: Uh, and, and but like, and I get your I get your your hesitancy, Dave. And I also understand that it foments that type of person who thinks that their opinion is actually meaningful because they decided to spend three ninety nine on something. Yeah, and so like, I get all that the thing is yelp is actually fairly useful in determining like where you should go to do something because so let's say for instance in the comedy club example you look at that and go yeah of course that's how they treat people at a comedy club but i want to go see this comedian well then Go there and then realize that dumb, kind of nutty bitches, if you're going to act like that, might get kicked out. Uh, but it's fine for you. Whereas, if you are somebody who is like that, you should know that you're not going to be treated great. And your <laughs> weird mistakes your parents made in raising you will not be uh, acquiesced to well, here. Well, see,
0: Dave, the thing is, owners get the chance to respond, okay? So, in the case of, uh, of Alaskan Airlines with me, is when when uh, they said, oh, we gave away your first class ticket to an irate passenger. And I uh, you now and have Ryan's to... Ryan's like... You want to see I race? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, amateur. Uh, <laughs> I'll take this plane down. <laughs> I'll run up into the fucking cockpit and turn it into a mosh pit. Uh, but like, in the case of uh, Alaskan Airlines, uh, I, like we gave away your, your your ticket. I'm like, will I be refunded? No. And, and then when I put that online, they had no rebuttal. They're like, oh, well, we that's our policy. And people are like, that's a shitty policy. Yeah. Robert can go on there and go. Uh, here's all the ways you're factually inaccurate, and people can see both sides. Here's the thing: uh, there's just too many
2: bad, stupid reviews to respond to all of them. But even if you did, most people aren't gonna read the response; they're just gonna read the first one.
1: No, I no, I, 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 do love read, response. I love the I love I read them too because I want to see like you what, guys
2: aren't most people. Though. You're degenerate comics. Yeah, just like but me. like I I the typical person is just gonna see the one star. Read maybe the first paragraph. The like, ooh.
1: Yeah, and there is I, there's some validity to your statement. I think it's useful though. I think like seeing that dialogue open up about like, for instance, the the madhouse thing. Seeing that back and forth, I'd be like, ah, look at that, look at that dumb chick. And it lets me know. Whereas we both know that, or we all know here, there are comedy clubs in this city that are run by crazy people, yeah. and they legitimately do crazy things. And that might be a reason that you don't want to go to that comedy club. And therefore, those reviews can be helpful when it's like. Hey, the crazy owner was coked out and punched three of my friends in the neck for wearing red shirts in the middle of a comedy show. And you're like, and, and then his response is like, "Well, they shouldn't have been wearing those fucking red shirts." Yeah. Like, then you know, okay, this isn't a legit crazy. Now, person. here's the thing: I know,
2: I know, several businesses have done this. And when our club moved locations, I pleaded with Robert to do this. I was like. Please make getting one-star reviews our thing. Let's be the one-star comedy club. Like, oh, that'd be great. Almost like tongue-in-cheek, like people giving us one star but still enjoying it. Because then you'd be known for that, and you'd actually get a little bit of fame for that.
1: Odd publicity.
2: Yeah, exactly. I I think think that's that's a great plan. Terrible (laughs) idea. No, no,
1: that's fantastic. It would especially work in like the hipster community. (laughs) Oh, look how unknown these guys are. One star. It would actually keep the hipsters away.
2: They would just see the one star and go.
0: Oh "Oh, no, it's like Dick's Last Resort. Let's go there and be verbally abused. (laughs) It'll be a little outing. Okay, let's call it a week here. But before we go, um, me and Dave are taking part of a very special event. This airs on Tuesday. Bobby, try and air this as early mm-hmm. as possible if you could. But uh, so, the time of if, if you listening to this, if you listen to it, we're, we're going to air it on Tuesday. Tomorrow night, that's Wednesday, the 27th, we are doing a charity event, part of Team Cretans at Small Bar in San Diego, where Dave bartends. He is going to be hosting the show. I'm going to be performing. Tamar Katan is going to be headlining. It is all proceeds are going to Benefit AIDS Life Cycle. That is a charity that sends all their uh, their money to AIDS Research. And the reason we love this charity is because, you know, most charities, they only have to, by law, give over 10% of the money they raise to the, 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 their intended cause. AIDS Life Cycle gives it all. So we love this charity. So please come out to Small Bar. November 27th, it's going to be $20 a ticket, but that gets you a ticket to the show and dinner and your first drink. So it's going to be a great show for a great cause. It means a lot to us. So even if you've already seen me and Dave and you're fucking sick of us, please come out anyway to support a great cause. That's November 27th at Small Bar.
1: Bobby. Uh, if you are listening to this on the day that it comes out, Tuesday, exactly one week from, night, from tonight will be the first Tuesday of December. So come on out to Nerd Night 630. Uh, PM 32 North Brewing And this will be A very interesting one The last Nerd Night Of the year We are going to have A very very big announcement Which I will also uh, Simultaneously make On this show next week So What is it? Uh, it's an exciting what nerd, is it? nerd Night development Just tell me now Oh if, what the, is it? if it's Nerd Night It's not exciting Don't worry about it Ryan
2: Alright oh, well no, no. It's I will shiv you If you don't laugh
0: Ooh, yeah, by. Oh Oh the fucking time is passing by.